Welcome to Human First. My name is David Tilston, and this podcast explores the methods, habits, and processes which allow us to excel as human beings. My aim is to utilize the experience and knowledge of experts from a wide range of different fields and to translate these into easy to follow principles that can be adopted by you to improve your life and those around you. Today, I'm pleased to welcome Jacob Manning to the podcast. Jacob is a yoga teacher and coach from Southern California. During this episode, we will dive into his life story, which includes training to a high level in a number of sports, as well as drug use, faith, yoga, working with a professional baseball team, and many life lessons learned along the way. This is a raw and honest episode, which I'm sure will be of benefit to many. Let's get into it. Jacob, good to have you on the podcast. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me, David. You're welcome, man. It's uh, It's been a couple of weeks since... I was training with you out in Brazil. That was the first time we'd met, and <laughs> I didn't expect it. The first thing you sort of hit me with at the airport was an image on your phone of this podcast. So now you're on it, so we can get into your story instead of somebody else's. Yeah, I know that was really neat. I heard your voice and I recognized it. I'm like, oh, man, I feel like it was the night the night before I flew to Brazil. I, I was I listened to you and Miguel talk and I'm like, this guy's voice sounds really familiar. <laughs> I feel like I've, I've talked to I know, I, should, I know this guy's voice. And then I was like, Oh my gosh, this was the guy leading the podcast. I was listening to with Miguel and I pulled it up and put it in your face. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, that was so cool. Well, that's brilliant. The more I got talking to you when we're away, the more I realized that you had such an interesting backstory that could help other people. And obviously with that will start to unfold as we go through this conversation. Just to put it in perspective, so right now, if I was to go off, say, your website, you coach yoga, asana, bodyweight skills, calisthenics, uh, forms of cardiovascular training, uh, meditation. How did you get here? I mean, I always like to start with people's early years because I think it frames and gives us an understanding and a background of why you have ended up where you are. Yeah, so I'm from Northern California. Uh, I grew up in a, a really good family. and. Uh, just a lot of sports, hunting and fishing. Uh, but my brother and my dad mostly did that. But with baseball and football and wrestling, I was obsessed with sports. Those were things that made me feel like really alive and, and excited. And I was obsessed. And then as I was getting older, I started to notice being maybe fearful, insecure, not really fitting in, even though I was fitting in, just my perception was skewed. And uh, there's just this unsatisfied feeling and sports sometimes would be, I would fail at. And I also lived out in the country and nobody was ever really home and I was by myself a lot. So I was lonely all the time, but I would just like, for example, I'd be outside and throw a ball against the wall and just do that for hours by myself just to keep myself entertained and busy and uh, would just become obsessed with little things, video games all kinds of stuff. And as I got older, uh, I came across like alcohol and weed. I never liked those things. So I would just do them to fit in with the crowd. And I didn't experience like that confidence and that uh, camaraderie that comes with those things when you're doing them with like your crew or your friends. And later into my high school years, one of my friends, his mom, she uh, had a lot of pain pills and stuff, and 
And he's like, you got to try this. And I was like, okay, no problem. Uh, it's just a pill. How bad could that be? You know, and I, he's like, oh, yeah, but you got to snort it. And I'm like, oh, that's fine. I used to snort the candy pixie sticks all the time. Not a big deal. And then I did that, you know, and, and I chased that feeling for a long time. And I felt confident and I felt comfortable and I, and I felt unafraid and my arm didn't hurt. Um, I felt stronger. I wasn't afraid to, to do anything. You know, I felt like almost invincible over time that, that actually flips. I became more self-conscious. I became more empty inside. I became uh, more lost and separated from others and myself and especially like in college man and i was like adding pro hormones to the mix because like everybody was doing the, that stuff you know and mixing that with cocaine and, and alcohol and that's not a very good combo for right. a man just to jump in there a second it sounded like the early years were involved with a lot of team sports and sort of community and it was very driven towards athletics so that obsession or the ability or need to want to progress was sort of pushed more into sport. But then gradually as time went on, it became more isolated. Did you feel there was a significant switch at any time during that process? And would you sort of pinpoint it to any particular reason? Yeah. So I went to Catholic school when I was a freshman. And I transferred over to my hometown school as a sophomore. And I was uh, Playing varsity and playing shortstop or whatever. Pulled up like the second game of the of the year, and I went four for four. I hit the the a game winning. I think it was a triple. And then after the game, you know, we celebrated, and that's when that pill got pulled out. And that I was a part of the group. I you know people were doing it. I wanted to fit in with the group. I wanted to feel part of. And when I was a freshman over at the Catholic school. I mean, I didn't really like anybody there except one of one of my friends who I'm still friends with today. He actually went to another school too in Windsor, which is a town next to me. But yeah, I I I, I did that. And felt like I was the top on the top of the world, man. <laughs> but really, I was just going down to the bottom of the mountain, opposite way. That's that's what happens. I've talked about this in the past on this podcast where you can rely on something so much that it helps you out of a situation. It gives you this temporary feeling of, I feel good on this. And then it becomes an obsession. It's almost where you can't let it go. And I think, I mean, you might attest to this through your yoga practice, which we'll obviously get into, but non-attachment is one of the primary things you focus on. It's like detaching from the self that, or detaching from the person you think you are or the things you're bound to. But that's not an easy thing to do. We're attached to so many different things in our life anyway. You said your arm hurt. Was that from baseball? Was that from an injury or something else? Just big on conditioning, dude. Playing long toss and running because that's like mostly, that's mostly what I didn't know. I knew about how to like lift and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and my arm would just—it just stopped hurting, you know. When you take pain pills and stuff, but really, it's getting just worse. I'm not even—can't feel it. it. Doesn't hurt, but yeah, it's baseball. Is that something? Actually, I won't go there yet because we're going to get onto where you are today. But I'll get onto that. So moving towards the end of that story, obviously you're experimenting with drugs, uh, alcohol, and the rest of it. At what point did you feel that? 
enough was enough? Like what triggered the point where you thought I actually need help with this? Uh, like the first time, man, because I've had that point. I've had that several times. I've had that. Sev- I've had that many times, and that's that's the grace of God right there, dude. <laughs> There's no at 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 that time, at the like for example, this last this last time I cleaned up. Uh, I I got I was really fortunate, and. Uh, I was just like so sad and hurt and angry. Um, and that's, the, those are just, those are feelings, you know, and suffering. And yeah, by the grace of God, dude, that uh, it can't, I, it just came into my heart, divine intervention, bro. I don't know how to explain, I don't know how to explain it, you know? Yeah, I think sometimes you need to, I mean, something I've experienced is sometimes we need to get to our lowest point in order to realize that there is a way out. Like we need to actually get to the point where you think, man, this is so bad. Like uh, this is really bad. What what am I doing? Or maybe it's just something as simple as looking in the mirror or a friend says, whoa, you look different. Something's going on. Do, Do you need a hand? And it might be something as silly as like not being able to sort of walk at the house because you're lacking energy or it could be any one of those reasons. But I've definitely found there's been these little times in my life where it's just been a bit of a wake up call. But did you feel like in terms of support, because you said your family are quite close, did you feel that there was always that support to understand that? Were were your family aware at the time or did they suspect something? I mean, dude, it's not the matter of all that stuff. It was... Uh, just by myself doing my thing and even when the desire to stop outweighed the desire to continue like there's nothing worse than being able to not do something you really want to do like complete powerlessness over it you know it's like i want to stop so bad but i can't that's not a really pleasant place to be and i found found myself there many times my parents and family they've always been supportive I'm very thankful for them. Did you know of other people that sort of that you'd grown up with going through similar processes that you could almost relate to and sort of turn to and say, well, actually, I want to get out of this as well. I know a few friends of mine have struggled, but there was another person involved. So a good friend of theirs, and they were almost like accountability partners where they'd help each other through that process. Was that something that you were fortunate to have as well? Uh are you talking about like people when I was when I was younger that I used to do that stuff with? Yeah, yeah. One of them right now, man. He's he's homeless. He's got no home. He's out there doing his thing, and I've tried to help him, but really, you know, sometimes when the negative energy is higher than the positive energy, aka me not really having like my feet grounded and mm-hmm. and stuff, you know, people can bring you down, and that's what he did with me, and I just. He actually reached out to me. I haven't talked to him probably, dude, like five years or something. And I, I'm like, dude, I love you. Like, if I can clean up, you can too. We did what we did the same. And we've ended up in the same places. Uh, if I can do it, then so can you. Yeah. But uh, and I love you. And then, you know, it would lead to maybe him asking me to meet up with him. And you know what? The best thing I could do is keep my hands off him so god can put his hands on him so i leave him alone and that's uh that's the right thing to do in my hang on in my heart the reason i've sort of gone down 
this route in terms of wanting to find out why is because the person that I met when I was away seemed very um, far removed from the backstory that you obviously explained to me a little bit when we were out there. And then obviously the more I read into your story, the more I realized it was a part of your past. And I think these things, in my opinion, something I've dealt with, I understand these things never, it's not like they disappear, we just manage them. It's just like, you know, you know that these things are almost like a part of us, but you just go, okay, I'm aware of this. I know what my, in some cases, my triggers are. So I find coping mechanisms to get out of this. And one of the main reasons I started this podcast was because I was a little bit despondent with the system or systems around the world where it was very much like always there was one solution. And in the UK, quite similar to the US in many forms, it's always the solution is a pharmaceutical or it's another drug to counter a drug. To me, it was never that because I, I always saw so many other options. I met so many incredible teachers and good friends that would say, hey, like, I'm doing this. And some people were doing martial arts and dancing and gymnastics and Obviously, we can go down that route shortly, but I always thought there was a way out of it. And the idea of the podcast was really to show that many of us have been at a low point. Everyone to slightly different perspectives, but within our own mind, our own self, it was still the lowest of the low. And there is a way out. There is always a way out because too many good people have got to the point where they can't cope anymore. And I witnessed that with a few people in my past that they just couldn't cope anymore. So it's trying to get people away from that understanding that it doesn't matter where you are today, there is always a way out and it's not necessarily going to be quick, but there is definitely a way out. So that's why I really want to sort of dive into that sort of background because what you're achieving now is incredible in my opinion. And obviously you've got a big outreach online and inspiring many people with that. So I feel your backstory has shaped you into the person you are today and is fundamentally changing the lives of hundreds of thousands of other people in that process so in terms of the rehabilitation aspect how did that work and do you feel so if we were to sort of look at like a generalized approach or say the more most effective methods is there anything that you learned from that adversity that you feel you could pass on to somebody else that would help them through that process uh Okay, yeah, here we go. So uh, my my main thing would be as as I was younger and as I've gotten older, a lot of times I've I've done things based on maybe somebody I look up to, maybe a, someone that I think's above me or something, and I will go to this place or I will do this thing because I know I feel obligated or I should do it. And when in, when in reality, I don't do that anymore. Now I only do something if I want to do it. If I'm going to join something or, or what have you, like that's my decision to do it. And that's, that's, I don't know, that's a tough question, David. I just don't know if I have the answer for you on that. And that's humbling to be able to say that because uh, I, I don't know. It's hard to answer because it's, it's, uh, ah, dude, I, I, um, I don't have all the I don't have all the answers, and, and that's why I'm so I'm so I, that's why I listen to podcasts. That's why I pray in the morning. That's that's why I read literature, and uh, that's that's why I feel like I'm a really good student. Is because no matter how successful or how well I do as a teacher, I'm so much more hungry as a student to learn and uh, and to and to grow and get better. And um, 
all the all the all the times I've been in pain, pain and hurting inside, uh, whether it's present or past, um, there are healthier things to turn to that are going to benefit me as a man. Today, I I know how to have this, and I have discipline. I'm changing in ways that I, uh, the little ways that I really wasn't aware of all of my teens and 20s, for example. I correct myself every time a bad word comes out of my mouth now. I don't want to do that. It's a filthy habit, and I'm aware when other people are saying bad words in front of me. It's like someone's screaming at me across the street. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't watch pornography. I don't steal. These are just all things that I've learned have consequences and give me like this false sense of, of love and this false sense of comfort. And I found that in drugs, found that in many other things with with uh, cussing. And I'm just, I'm just trying to grow, man, and get better. And as you know, with meeting Miguel in Brazil and my program, the programs that basically the work that he has me do, bro, has been consisting of me being alone by myself a lot mm-hmm. and I've never been so happy to be alone you know it's like I feel like I'm eight years old throwing a ball against the wall again except um I know I I, I uh I feel more comfortable when I'm done with that because I'm growing in other ways too besides that so a bunch of little information for you on that (laughs) (laughs) in terms of unpacking that i think that was a good answer because it's told me more about the things that you've found it seems like you found more of yourself in reality i think we go through this time where teens and 20s and you do follow things. You you do look for inspiration through many things. And that might mean following a crowd and that crowd takes you down a bit of a wrong path or whatever it might be. But I mean, I've definitely noticed sort of moving into my sort of late thirties, you do, you know yourself more. And one of the biggest things that stood out for me was the fact that you do what you want now and not what others do, because that fundamentally has probably led you into a form of like, not not necessarily self-employment, but like whether it's subcontracted work or, feeling like you're more in control of your life. And I think a lot of, of of addiction comes from the fact that we're trying to escape something or we can't control something. So I had, looking back, I think we've all got forms of it, and I definitely did, where I felt like I couldn't control a situation. And my way of controlling it was, whether it's through movement or food or whatever it might be, or alcohol, there's definitely ways in which we can start to feel like we are, but in fact, we're not actually changing the fundamental issue. And that for me, I mean, I've definitely found time sitting still and just following my thoughts has been so powerful. And in the mornings, obviously, I witnessed yourself up on the on the roof at sunrise and you were sat doing meditation. I was doing forms of breath work as well. And I think it gives you a form of grounding. I think there's this time where almost we need to let the water settle a little bit to understand what the, what's the hell's going on. If we're always shaking the water up, you never actually truly see what we need to because we're always distracted. We're finding things to constantly preoccupy ourselves so we don't think about anything. So we're sort of trying to drown things out all the time. But 
yeah, from what you said to me, it did feel very much like you started to believe in yourself more. You found things to focus on and you started to remove. Uh, I've generally found that in life, taking things away is actually far more important than adding things on because you find we accumulate things so easily, but actually saying, I don't need this in my life anymore. That actually leads to more. It's like you're stripping the layers off the fruit. You get into the to the source of it every time. And again, I think that's more important. And that has said a lot to me. I think that was a great answer because it has really sort of shown me the fact that you're finding yourself more. Yeah, I like how you said you taking things away instead of adding on. I I can relate to that so much, dude. It's ridiculous. Like I could tell you what I do just about every day on one hand, and I could tell you on 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 four hands all the things I've taken out of my days. I mean, with with the discipline and knowing for me, like knowing what's important and taking the power out of the things that aren't serving me or aren't bringing me uh, peace of mind. I mean, it's quite a reward. One of the bits of writing I pulled off your website was that you mentioned yoga is a great asset when the going gets rough. I can relate to that personally. I think some people may not be able to understand that, maybe who haven't gone down that route. But how would you say that it helped you? Because if we were to go back to the story, sort of going through forms of addiction and through rehab, how did yoga as a whole play a part in that journey? So I was in like rehab. It's probably, I don't know, I'm going to say 18 years old. This guy was this this vegan Qigong freaking interesting mother trucker, bro. I mean, very <laughs> flexible, doing the splits, doing the splits, putting his chin on his toes, looking at me, going, what's up, bro? <laughs> Don't be a knucklehead today. Just the, just, the, just really, really neat. Lots of energy, dude. And uh, it was very, like, intense, quiet. You could just see, like, the, you could see the hunger in him, even though he's, like, got a full belly, I guess you could say. And that's how I am. I saw myself, like, when I go to yoga, I do probably 60 to 70% of what the teacher says to do. And then I add as hard as stuff as I can in there because, like, that's how I am. I want it. I want to be challenged. I want to feel like I'm progressing in the physical practice because it is very much a very physical practice. And I don't know what other people's experiences are when they're going nice and easy and light, but I want to go hard and I want to be pushed. And if they're not pushing me, I'm pushing myself. And um, if they are pushing me, I'm coming back. Um, so that's the way I practice. That's the way I like to teach. And uh, and that's, that's why Miguel's my teacher. Because he does that. He is that. He and um, I can relate to that so much, you know. The minute I met him, first thing he said to me was, I'm going to break you, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that, that part of it, like, yoga is not an athletic sport, but it definitely, there's a lot of, uh, like, tran it's, like a, it's like a sport without competition and without, like, people on the outside talking crap even though that still comes through through social media i get people talking so much trash to me and like just disturbing stuff but you know what me get me 
improve getting better uh in in the awesome and with handstanding like that's just more important to me right now than a lot of things so i don't got time for go out to a lunch with strangers maybe in a friend like no i'd rather do what i'm doing it's a funny practice i think people would be able to relate to this regardless what they're into i mean there's there's been quite a few people on the podcast that have got into hand balancing uh, i think it does drive a particular type of person a particular type, uh, type of nature just to backtrack slightly i think it's someone who sort of sees this progression but it's a long frustrating journey and i've seen that in a lot of things now I had this list of all these different things I wanted to do all the time. And I've re- realized the things that actually made me happy and content because I think contentment is actually something that's highly underrated. Like being content with things and actually saying, do you know what? I actually enjoy going outside. I enjoy jumping in cold water. I enjoy doing a handbalance practice for two hours and just focusing on the details. It's highly underrated because everything social media is so much about doing this massive movement and all the rest of it. But fundamentally, most people's practice, if we were to put it on social media, no one would follow you because it's the same thing every single day. Like my, my practice today was the same practice, give or take a few movements, but shift from one side, shift to the other, shift from one side, shift to the other. And I actually kind of like not completing things now. I think it's quite important. I've heard a few very experienced teachers talk about this recently where they actually get to nine reps and then they stop because tens that 10 seems like a nice number to get to. So they all stop at nine because their brain goes, I want that 10th one. I want the 10th one. So they're teaching themselves that it's okay. Don't worry about it. But in the sporting world, as well as the athletic realm, it's always about get to the end, finish it, smash through it, get to the end. But there is value in understanding that it doesn't matter. Obviously, I'm not saying going to run a hundred meter race and do 90 meters because that's ridiculous. But let go of the practice. Because I think when you let go, that's when you progress. Because most of the time we're in our own way. And that's what I found. I'm in my own way most of the time. Like Whether it's wanting to put a post out there that I actually want to post, I can get in my own way because I don't feel that that ticks the narrative. So I just go, I don't care anymore. That's me. That's, that's what I want to put out there. So I'll just put it out there. People like it, people like it. If they don't, so be it. But that's me. And I feel like I'm being authentic. And if we come back to that question I asked you, I think it comes back to authenticity. And when... I, I heard that saying, when what you think, what you say, and what you do are in line, that's when you're truly happy. So when all three of those things are in line, most of the time we think something, say something different and do something completely different. But I think if we can always come back to those three things, that's when we truly feel like we are being Jacob or David or whoever might be. You're actually truly authentic to your own self. Sometimes you upset people, but I always got told if you're not upsetting people, you're probably not telling the truth because <laughs> that's that's where we're at and it's just a journey and an opinion is an opinion and it doesn't really matter and social media is a funny place man everyone's got an opinion based on where they're at yeah and this is what i've learned is that where i'm at today where i was at 10 years ago and where i was at as a teenager i feel like a completely different person now i don't feel like i'm the same person anymore because where my head was at was based on the experiences i had not where i'm at today but i see it as a benefit and i'm glad i went through that stuff um, and it's, it seems like almost a few different people have existed within your time frame as well. Hey man, that was the best trip of my life, bro. And I've been like to like 30 plus countries, traveled so many times, done, you know, my own retreats and taught at festivals and done workshops. And, uh, that trip was by far the best for me. 
I mean, I got my own Spotify playlist for when I for when I <laughs> practice, you know, just just to feel like I'm doing I'm I'm working with you guys. It's it's just really neat, dude. It's like there's and it's just in Orange County, there's no there are no hand balancers. There's six million people in this county. There's zero except me. None. And uh I was at this class last night and a bunch of people after class came up to me and were like man will you come teach here and teach us this and you have no idea what goes into what being able to do that <laughs> like just take what you think on how much of how much i do and how hard it is and times that by a thousand that's what i'm doing my view as a coach or as a teacher of any sort is how can you take a complex subject and make it make it simple enough that everyone understands it and that everyone has the correct dosage for where they're at at that time because otherwise we can't learn if you went to someone and you portrayed 10 complex subjects and then said right do it they go well i haven't got the reference point i don't understand where you're coming from so it's very much about like how can i take such a complex subject and say that's what you need to do and i've been fortunate to run into a number of teachers and they have a knack of doing that they have a knack of saying that is exactly what you need to do don't worry. Again, we subtract, we pull things away. Just focus on that and stay with that. And it might be you put it in a hand balance context. It might be shifting from one side to the other and doing slightly longer holds. Three movements. That's it. Or it might be music, right? Play those three notes and play them really well. Because I think a lot of us, what we're trying to do is find contentment in something where we're not actually giving enough time to it. How can you build something that is long lasting without putting time and effort into it. There's a honeymoon phase with everything in life, in my opinion. The hard thing is is you keep it going, you put the effort in and you make these things happen. And I think that everything requires time and effort. And when you do so, it's worth having. Yeah, dude, commitment, freaking, it's huge, dude. It's so, it's so important to keep putting in the work when the, when the progress is there or the, it's not there. Uh, it's a good day. It's a bad day. It's like, just keep doing it, especially when you're doing it alone. It's obviously like easier to do with other people of whatever it is, but also can come with more like just talking and distractions instead of like doing the work. And uh, yeah, it, you said it. One of my teachers also said, good day, turn up. Bad day, turn up. There's no difference. You, you still turn up. And yeah. So, something I something I definitely learned about that over the years was that you, what you've done is regardless of what your environment's done or like how you've perceived your environment, your training is always there or something is always there. That's your reference point where you stop, you go, it doesn't matter because I've got a reset. And that reset for most of us, it, when that starts to disappear, I'm working with a lot of parents at the minute who are struggling more and more because they've lost their passion. So they love being fathers, they love their family, but they're becoming less and less of the person that they were prior to that because they've lost the things they enjoy and they want that back. So they're trying to find out how they can integrate that back into their life. And I think that's so important, even if the dosage is smaller, that you maintain the things that keep that fire burning, keep you passionate about doing something. You've obviously gone through the whole yoga experience and yoga, funny enough, yoga asana led me into hand mounting as well. That sort of, it seemed like a nice progression where I wanted to push a little bit harder. I remember practicing in Thailand and people used to, <laughs> people used to move away from me because I was almost trying to be too energetic with my practice. 
It's almost like I was putting them off theirs. <laughs> so I used to clear so this space awesome. around me as well. You remember when Miguel put me in the corner? He said, don't move. Stay there until you're done. You hear? Do you remember that? That was so funny. He goes, no water. You just stay there. And you, just, you, don't, you don't stop till you're done. Dude, it was so funny. See, I dude, I love that. I love that. You know, you're not going to hear that. You're not going It's that's a rare thing, and I understand it so much. It's like it's like it's like it's like God speaking through him to me <laughs> and only to me. It's amazing. It's amazing, dude. It, I think I think we need that sometimes uh, where people call us out on that bullshit where we've all got things that we gravitate towards. We've all got things that we gravitate towards that make us feel better about ourselves because it's picking something that we're great at or great or better at. And we always go back to that because it makes us feel good because we think, oh, I'm good, I'm good, I keep doing this thing. But what we're doing is always going to the point of, yeah, it's like self-gratification or looking for other people to authenticate why we do something. But if you go to a teacher that's really telling you honestly, They'll tell you exactly how it is. And I've got, I'm very fortunate to have three people in my life that do that with me. They they call me out. And my wife tells me that in a nice way as well. But she says, hey, you don't need to be doing that. Like she calls me out and stuff. And we need that for sure. That's huge, dude. And I have been connecting some dots with the people that I feel like are at the top of what they do. Ido Portel, Miguel. Let's just use those two for example. Those two learn from the same dude. I was like on YouTube a couple of days ago and I was like looking at Ito and I was like, you know what? I haven't really looked at Ito's very first stuff and I scrolled down to the bottom of his thing and boom, there's Miguel's teacher with him. I'm like, wow, how about that? You know what I mean? And, uh, and, and the way that he talks is has a little similarities to the way that Miguel talks, and I'm attracted to the way that that to those two are because that's how I am, and uh, like really real. I'm gonna say it as it is, and there's not like this propped up pretty thing or whatever. Like no, dude, and that's how that's how I, that's how I am. You know, I'm not. I'm all, I'm really like soft and gentle and loving and tender and this stuff man but i'm like really serious and hardcore and mm -hmm. i'm not afraid to hurt your feelings like dude no like we're in in a hundred years everybody who has a consciousness on this earth will be not alive physically so let's let's keep things very uh real yeah i read a very similar thing it said uh, yeah three generations that's all it takes for you to disappear like three generations whatever we've done whatever we're worrying about no, no one's going to be no one cares like i think we we put ourselves on this perspective because because we're seeing the world through our own eyes obviously so sometimes we can put our own self-importance way too high up on that pedestal where we feel that that people are watching almost but no one really cares no one cares at the end of the day even these people that are so um high up in society they're so well known they're world renowned you've only got to look at 10 years after they pass away i mean some of the icons are still talked about repeatedly like some of the like elvis michael jackson all, all these people that have come across that have been game changers but they are so few and far between out of billions and billions of people and i think 
we don't need to worry about most of the stuff we worry about. And if we started to remove that and just got on with our own stuff, hey, life would be so different. Maybe, maybe just turn everything off for three or four hours and just focus on your own stuff. It makes life very different. And for the parents, I get it. Or maybe someone who's a carer or someone who's got a very demanding job with a lot of travel, I get it. Things are harder, but there is a way. There is always, always a way. To, to change these things. And I think if we've been authentic to ourselves and we start to worry less about what other people think, that is when true happiness or definitely contentment really starts to become apparent in our lives. I already know I'm going to heaven. It's going to be a party up there and I can't wait. And up until that, up until then, for right now, the best way for me to pass time that I like is practicing really hard and getting better on my hands because i like being there and uh teaching the best yoga that i the best yoga that i can through my own experience of what it it brings for me and uh that's that that's going to continue to change you know i'll probably uh, be teaching that that'll change but my i mean so my practice or whatever like being an evolving progress in this stuff but as that does, just like in the past, so will my appearances of where I do teach and the energy and the character and the person that comes out when I do that because I like black out. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I only really understood this when I started to teach. When you really get into, you could call it a form of flow state, any form of performer or someone who's in front of people I think when you get in the zone, you know about it. You feel very different to when you're in that learning process, when you're going through very sort of staccato, right, you do this and you do this. But when you're in this sort of flow state, it's truly, you feel like you're part of it. You're part of the movement. And you can see that in performers when they're, they're actually it. Whatever the performance is, they are it. They're not doing it, they are it. And I think that's a significant difference. There's a huge difference between doing and being, definitely. Yeah, dude, absolutely. That's my two, literally my two main things that I practice are doing and being. And when I look at like handstanding, like there's a lot of doing in there for me, drills and all this stuff. And then meditation, being and watching and, and, uh, and then what's another example I could say, um, praying, like I'm doing prayer and I'm trying to like, connect and get into so it's like both for me i guess you could say but uh, uh there's just so much fulfillment and peace of mind that comes with doing some disciplines that take i don't know a lot of a lot of work that are done in a short amount of time and some that a crazy amount of work that are done and takes a long time and uh, i don't know for me these disciplines are like i'm good i'm i'm really thankful for them and I'll be thankful for them mm -hmm. once my physical body doesn't work anymore. But up until then, like I want to see what see what I can do. Yeah, I'm really curious. I'm really curious and very motivated to to continue growing these practices, whether they're in groups or in classes or by myself, doing it when I want to and doing when when I don't want to, whether. It, I'm outside at 11 o'clock at night and it's freezing out there, which I'll still, I'll do it or say a prayer for a friend on the phone who doesn't know how to do it or say a, say a prayer with somebody that's 
that's uh, about to lose their dad or having a hard time with their life. We're saying a prayer for my family who's like going to get on a flight and, and just like those things, it's it, those little things can make the day magical and my practice even better. And you know what? Some things are weird to people, dude. Doing some. Sorry, say that bit again, mate. So all, all after some things are weird because we're definitely all weird. If we hand balance, you're definitely weird. <laughs> dude, you have to be a different breed to do hand balancing, bro. It's just like I'm like I can't I can't believe there's yoga. Hundreds of poses, hundreds of new poses that aren't in the books anymore that were, those books were written. Now we're humans still like, why can't it be a yoga pose? But anyways, that's beside the point. Then there's hands. One of all these things. And then there's all specifics of doing it. I guess you could say uh, the one arm. Yeah, there's, um, it, it's refining. And this is the thing I learned a lot over the years is that refining is something that really is something that we dial into more and more. And it, you're getting into the center of the practice and in, in that perspective, whatever it might be, it might be the way, the difference between a beginner and a master of anything, definitely not put myself in, in that master category at all. Um, but you could play the same note and it would sound completely different of an instrument or the way you link two things together. And that might take 20, 30 years to perfect, to truly master. And that's what fascinates me now. How can someone do that? Like, how can you, how can you put those things together and what makes it more subtle? And a lot of things in life, if we come back to the doing and being, a lot, I feel like a lot of doing is muscular. It's hard work. It's really like big, gross motor patterns. When you start to be, you're very much more in tune with what is being provided. And if you were to pick like a gymnastic practice, like we just talked about, like ham balancing, even within that practice, you've got small wins, medium wins, long-term wins. And these things that take a long time, some things you never get, but you can always find these little wins within these time. If you look close enough, I think some people are setting the markers too far apart. And that might be the difference between standing on your hands for one second or two seconds or three. Maybe you're getting a second a week that is massive. If a Formula One driver knocks a second off a lap, it's huge. And I try and think of things like that. Let, let's really zoom in and understand that even if metrics stay the same, maybe it's just a time of uh, storing. Maybe you're sort of, I, I, I bring this analogy back, I mentioned this two or three times on this, but like a climber, you're sitting back, you're sitting on a ledge, preparing the next pitch. You're wait, waiting to move up one more ledge. And it's okay to be there for a bit. That's okay. There's no time limit. Stay there as long as you need to. As long as you understand that you're still going to try and get to the top at some point. You're still going to try and progress no matter what it is. And progression is not a linear line for sure. It's all over the place. It's up, down, feels like it's going backwards sometimes, but that <laughs> it's... <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Seriously, fifth gear backwards sometimes. And then all of a sudden a rocket ship forward. It's pretty amazing. But I just keep doing it because I know better. I know better. And I know what it's like to be on the other side. And that's uh, something I've learned in my past over and over again. 
So I'm just doing the work. This is a beautiful place to be. This is the best place on earth is to be behind my eyes looking at something that I want to do so bad. I will do anything to do that. And that's, dude, that's like, like I said, we're all going to the same place. And I feel like we, we're in a timeline where we go through progressions and stages of this. And I'm really, I mean, it's beautiful, dude. It's, it's a funny thing, though, because what I've realized as well is that when you attain the thing that you are aiming for, there's this, oh, there it is. Now what? And it, I kind of like that as well. All of these things are life practices. Uh, again, you can't, as I've heard many times, you can't really practice for life. You, you are it. You're, you're living it now. So whatever you do, make it worth it. Everything you do, be passionate about it. It's, for example, if I drop something on the floor, I can't, if I'm in the house, it's the smallest thing. I, I, I never think I'll come back and pick it up. I, I always think I'll do it now. Because to me, it's the way you live now. Like, can I action that right now? Because it's important. It is important. The little things are important. And I think the older we get, whatever age you are, because I've been very fortunate to have coaches in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and, and so on, they all say the small things are the things that matter. And the younger you are, you always think it's the big things. It's like the fast cars, all the rest of it. Don't get me wrong. That stuff's nice to have. But it's the things like spending time with your family, um, doing things like bouncing on your hands or going for a walk or jumping in the sea or whatever it might be. All of these little things. And whatever it might be doing a painting. My granddad used to paint all the time. And I always used to look thinking, I can't see the obsession with this thing. And as I've got older, I started to replicate. I actually thought, right, I'll, I'll sit and do the same thing and see what it brings for me, and whether it's that or music or whatever it might be. And you find something different. You go, whoa, whoa okay, I, f I feel it now. I'm completely in this. Whatever I'm doing, I'm completely absorbed by it. Nothing else matters right now. That's it. And I think the more things we can find like that, the more things that really allow us to think, I'm it. This is me. It's an extension of whether it's a brush, whether it's your... A motorbike whatever it might be it feels like an extension of you and i think that's the difference to me personally it's you're pulling a, a thing apart but fundamentally finding the same principles in your training that ripple through the rest of your life yeah i like that yeah i like that man and and uh i mean everything in this world over time is gonna for example my surfboard against the wall right now 10 years from now it's the sun's facing it things gonna rot on the side and turn yellow and my car if i left it on the beach and never touched it in 10 years the sea would ru ruin it all things of this world and material things like eventually just run they're really not important and we give them so much meaning and stuff and yeah for example like my heart and my soul that 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 well that does the opposite of what my body's doing you know what i find interesting is really old people mm -hmm. there's some old people that are so sweet that you're like wow look at that i want to be like them when i'm older i want to be like that person when i'm older they just have the most tender juicy soft heart and they're so grateful for the time that they have left to experience the human experience whatever have you and then you have an old guy or a girl whose heart's hardened 
as hard as steel mm-hmm. and they're angry and they're mad and they're they're mad and they don't they feel you know punished to have to be alive and to be alive why do you feel that someone could end up with a soft heart do you feel like without putting words in your mouth that someone's found fulfillment in life and someone hasn't i mean that's something that would spring to mind for me personally it's almost like the regrets are there like we're regretting things well one knows they're going to heaven and the other doesn't know that's what i think and the other thing is we don't know how much longer we're going to be here. You know, one of you or I could, it could, it could happen today could be our last day. We do, we truly don't know that it's a very unknown fact and it is a fact. And hopefully we have a lot of time to believe in our hearts that we're going to heaven and that So accept that happening for them makes this world in my eyes, this is, this is going to sound harsh, but it's, I believe it to be true. This is the devil's world and everything they're living for us on this earth. And they're just not satisfied and nothing's worth it. There's no way there's heaven. And the other person sees this just being a temporary time before going to like the higher place where, Everything is perfect, man. You can eat all the flaming hot Cheetos you want. Your stomach's not going to get big. (laughs) Is that a direct quote from the Bible? Oh, no, it's not, dude. It's not. My mom on Instagram just sent me this video of this guy saying how bad hot Cheetos are. And I'm like, I don't even eat hot Cheetos anymore. But golly, jeepers are good. (laughs) That's brilliant. you've, You've referenced sort of heaven and that quite frequently in praying. You went to uh, a Catholic, uh, you said it was a Catholic school when you were younger as well. So did, has religion played quite a big part in your life and your family's life growing up? Or was it something that, uh, I, uh, sort of looking at my own journey, it did play a part in my life when I was younger, uh, sort of less as I've got older. But I am finding now this curiosity around seeing this common thread through different religions, which I feel like is, is sort of attracting me to sort of read read things more and understand things more um so yeah is it a big part in your life or was it a big part in your life is it something that's in the past uh so when i was younger i never really went to church my dad's doesn't my dad's never shoved you know god or jesus down my throat but he's brought the, my attention be be curious don't let that door just be full let it stay cracked for yourself kind of idea and my mom nothing really there and growing up no and uh as i've gone through my life and i have you know got into drugs i have got into all things that serve me like uh this highest most most enjoyable thing whatever the heck but um a lot of the things that i've a lot of the things of this world that i've attached myself to and i became uh dependent on and that uh, selfishly wanted um, have dropped me to my knees 
and praying to something I don't know if it's there until like I do and I you know I, I haven't been much of a religion person I've been to church like a handful of times I don't go to church I actually read out of a, out of a bible that people probably won't agree with but I don't really care they're they're getting they're getting bad information because us humans like to change things and evolve them and some things some things uh come from really smart minds that know how to change things in ways to benefit them you know like i'm not a religious guy i don't worship churches i don't worship i don't you know that's not what's important to me like i serve god like the our father prayer our father our one father and you know what a father has to if for someone to be a father there has to be a son and religion uh has like removed this you know jesus idea because of people getting it shoved down their throat the church is changing the bibles all the stuff just being changed and, and it's the truth man and it's it's shamed me away it's made me want to have anything to do with it so much anger and hardness in my heart until well until like somebody walked into my life and and exposed me to the truth and showed me to what I've been on my knees praying to my whole life. And uh, and that's allowed me to believe in my heart that I'm going to heaven. And let me tell you, it makes this, this uh, walk on earth less uh, delusional, man. And there's a lot of power that comes into that. And I'm still a human and stuff. That's why this discipline with hand balancing is so important to me because it's the hardest discipline of all disciplines that I've done because it takes hours. It's physically ridiculously hard. I mentally want to punch a hole in the wall sometimes. And thank goodness for great music and people like you and all you guys that, that uh, I've been able to, to work with and stuff. And um, so that discipline is so important to me because well, what I can do is I can do the other disciplines that I do, that I naturally don't want to do, which is which is pray or, or meditate or and do one at the beginning and then one at the end and just makes it just makes my training like five or ten minutes longer. And then once this muscle has gotten so strong, I can do it on its own at its own time every day. Hmm. Hmm. It's hmm. Just unpacking a little bit that. Yeah, it's a lot of information, man. I, I don't mean to just it's overload you, dude. It's all so good my up. what all that matters, all what matters most to me is that I'm speaking the truth and I'm trying to deliver it in a way that's not building like resistance and walls, you know, because mm -hmm. I'm not here to I'm not here to force anything onto your body, into your heart, and into your mind. I'm here to share my share my experience from like a place of being naked and without having a sword in my hand which i got a sword on my back that i'll use it but i got a sword on my back bro i'll just clarify though because we are we are audio only you're you are currently not naked for anyone interpreted that way <laughs> we're good friends but not, like, not that good <laughs> i know bro that was so annoying on that instagram post did people say the most annoyingest 
like our like what if your mother was reading this I, you know before i write <laughs> on instagram i'm like okay jacob before you send this message you have to be okay with your mom seeing it you have to be okay with your dad seeing it you have to be okay with you know jesus watching it you know yeah i was just i was just gonna put some context in that we did a there was a drill that we learned abroad which was a weighted form of cat cow so you basically put more weight on the thoracic spine so when you're doing a cat cow you have to use a lot more strength and it, it was a great drill so we saw an opportunity to to put that out there and sort of, sort of share the love and uh yeah some people interpreted it as something slightly different but do you know what man i, I mean I've, I've got to a point now where i really don't mind how people interpret stuff anymore because it's just it is what it is and i think i see this a lot in with like celebrities that have been in in sort of the public eye for 20 or 30 years they get to this point where they're like hey man you're gonna say whatever you want anyway so just carry on and say it because this is the truth and you can make up the rest on your own so really getting into actually talking about things like that and people in the public eye your current work now so if you come sort of zoom right forward to the current day you're working with um quite a well-known team as well aren't you as, as a form of coach could you just go into a few details about the things you're doing and like how that came about and equally how your work is benefiting the players that are involved in that team you mean like the angels baseball team mm-hmm. just wanted to clarify that's what you're talking about dude like how i said it's as if a puzzle that's already been put together is being put together piece by piece but i know it's going to be put together completely at the end and this was kind of this job kind of came from like the stars aligning i guess you could say and uh it's a really quite a long story but i'll fast forward to uh kind of what i do with them i i take them through like the easiest yoga i could take them through and try to keep them aware of their breath and and just enjoy our enjoy our hour or whatever together and maybe get to know some of the guys and um to have them relax smile be aware of their breath and uh keep it really simple because uh i don't want to overcomplicate things and they're in their season they're playing all the time they're playing every day they're out there every day I don't know what's going on through obviously everybody's head just like they don't know what's going on through mine but uh, just like happy to be out there and I hope that I just make the smallest difference in in one of their performances or one of their experiences and and that uh, I don't I won't know whether I do or I don't but um yeah, just it's really humbling to be able to to do that because it's a it's a great game and and they're a bunch of really neat guys. Some people might criticize the fact that they don't feel that yoga asana crosses over into sports like baseball or other things due to the kinetic nature. And there's a few quite outspoken individuals on social media that feel that their method is the only method that works. And all other methods don't have um, a legitimate place in the movement framework. Is it more that you're getting people to sort of de-stress and sort of down-regulate 
the nervous system more? Are you feeling that that's like more important for your role as a form of coach than actually just teaching them other movement patterns? Because it sounds like these guys are under a lot of pressure, very busy seasons, like you said, and everyone's in a different place. And they're in front of hundreds of thousands, millions of people every week. Is that something you feel like is more important than throwing out a warrior two or uh, a sun salutation as an example? A good question, man. I mean, uh, you ask one player what they want. They'll say, I want to open up my thoracic and cervix spine or T-spine, whatever have you. Another player, you know, I just don't want it to be too physically hard. Another player, I want to focus on meditation. Uh, I mean, for me, it's just really neat to be able to be out on the field and around guys that love doing what they're doing and the personalities and you know some are talk more some are quieter and just it's really it's really cool and uh um for them i i feel like hopefully the same thing i mean beyond like maybe what i can physically do or the practices that i i teach like i feel like the the bond and relationship is is so so important because you don't know how long it's going to last for. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with yoga and meditation, we're not like competing in any sense and not looking, not doing like stats and performance and all this stuff. That is the only thing that are in probably winning. The only thing that those guys care about when they're on the field. I don't, uh, I don't know that for a fact, but I would assume like that would be, that's been mine and that would be mine. But, um, yeah, it's the, the most important, the, the most important thing, dude, is what person is behind all that stuff? Who's behind it? Like if you feel good and you feel confident and you enjoy the people that are around, like that energy just comes, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, uh, what's it called? Contagious. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I, I feel like I learned a lot from last year. I feel like I'm going to be a lot better than I was. And I feel like I have a lot more to offer, uh, not just with what I've learned, but with how much I've grown as, as a person. And I feel like that's, uh, yeah. But yeah, the players, a coach will, or a trainer will say like, this is something we should uh, put in there. And I want them to be doing. And then another, then actual player, which is, where it really matters is they're the ones getting on the field and making things happen. He'll say something completely opposite of what he wants to do. And I'm going to, I'm going to uh, conform and cooperate the best I can with both, but I will lean more towards the player because, you know, that's, that's who uh, I want to make sure is, is uh, having the best, um, the best time with what we got, we got going on, even though like I need to cooperate with the trainer. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've had it. Someone you're talking to an hour before a class and the person that actually turns up in the class might be quite different. The person that's 30 minutes into that class might be slightly different to the person that walked in. So you're constantly dynamically changing what you're giving to make sure that person is getting what they need at that time. So I completely understand that. I'm sure you've mentioned aspects of this as we've gone through, 
but the final question of the podcast is always the same. So to finish every episode, I'm keen to leave the listeners with some simple routines that they can adopt and apply on a daily basis. What principles are at the top of your list to form the foundations of human health, or in other words, a human first approach? Dude, that's a good question, bro, because that's like so much of what I'm like. I'm not cussing anymore. I, this is the first podcast I haven't dropped a bunch of bad, bad words on. <laughs> I mean, I usually got the foulest, dirtiest, filthiest mouth, man. And what I would suggest and encourage is in your heart, you probably know some things that uh, you might feel embarrassed to share about that you might do sometimes or you might do all the time that uh, maybe aren't healthy or aren't making this walk of life very fulfilling or and bring it bring it, br- what I did is it's gonna sound really ridiculous to some people but what man what I did is I I brought my bad words my my potty mouth or you know it could be uh masturbation or whatever like I brought that stuff to God and I brought it I brought it to Jesus and didn't just try to hide it from from where what I believe in and you know what, like it's doing miracles and magic and, and that's just real stuff right there, dude. So um, I was aware, being aware of these things and doing something about it every day in the moment before you, before doing it, before taking the action and gosh, it can be hard sometimes, but mm-hmm. it's like, a, it's like a muscle, man. You got you to gotta train that every day, no matter what discipline. Yeah, I think it does dial itself down to, to discipline of many different types. And if we reflect back at this whole conversation, discipline does play a fundamental role. And I don't think discipline in the sense of denying what's true, because discipline can be seen as in a schooling environment, as I'm trying to express myself, and you shouldn't do that, you should behave. But I think discipline is more about understanding yourself and knowing what is serving you and what isn't to me that is true discipline yeah bro and you know what it's possible to keep it going and uh and it can be lonely sometimes but hey there's the the best connection i've had in my life is with uh nothing that is of this world let's just let's say let's just say so then thanks thanks for having me on here dude well, it's been an absolute pleasure and and i just wanted to sort of say from my perspective and personally getting to know you over the last few weeks and that is that it's very easy to look at someone online and potentially perceive that you know what's going on in their life even if you even if someone's told you their story it never really alludes to exactly what's happened or what's going on right now or what the potential thoughts about the future are and what you've really shown is that adversity is something that you've gone through and i'm sure many other people are listening to this have gone through a form of adversity and i'd always say that you have the ability i do believe every single one of us has the ability you said it can be lonely but we've got the ability within our own um you said heart and soul or within ourselves to get ourselves out of this shit we can we can get ourselves out of these things and fundamentally sometimes we need help from others and there's nothing wrong with that we can definitely look for assistance and guidance if we feel that we need to ask for help and i'd always always and always encourage that and something i've had 
But I do believe we all have the strength to work our way out of this. We just need to keep searching and keep going. And I think your journey has definitely been a testament to sometimes things don't go well. There might be a couple of relapses where you tried, you end up going back a little bit, you go forwards a bit, you go back a bit. But fundamentally, you're taking three steps forwards, one step back, three steps forwards, one step back. It's never going all the way back. And I think as long as we keep moving, that's the main thing. And all of these podcasts, I've interviewed a lot of movers and people in the movement culture, you could call it that, or like people that like sport, people that move in many different ways, artists, etc. And that seems to be the underpinning foundation of human health. Just keep moving, whether it's your thoughts, whether it's your body, but don't stop because there's so much to learn. There's so many, like you said earlier, being a student, there's always something to learn. And by learning something, fundamentally, we're probably learning more about ourselves. Yeah, dude, it's important we keep moving, especially even if if uh, it's just a little bit, a little little baby steps. Yeah. Baby steps are good, man. And I think even if we look at, we think they're tiny steps, but they're not. Because so many of us feel like we're stagnant or going backwards, but you're taking baby steps, you're making progress. And that's the main thing. So Jacob, absolute pleasure, buddy. And um, yeah, man, we'll keep in touch and I'll uh, feedback any comments to get through from this as well. Please feel free to reach out. And I also make it a habit if we've had discussions around anything that I always put links in the show notes to help, whether it's, worldwide sort of um things you can go to whether it's in the us or the uk or europe asia wherever it might be always make sure i try and put some links in there to sort of help people reach out especially with drugs or drink or mental health issues things that people are struggling with so that'll definitely be in the show notes so please share that as well yeah dude cheers buddy take care see you bro thank you for joining jacob and myself for this episode please make sure to check out the links in the show notes for further support And I would greatly appreciate it if you could like, subscribe or comment, all of which will massively help the podcast continue to develop and grow. See you on the next episode.